Overall, I suppose it wasn't too bad. A win and a draw. Anyway, welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, part of the DFS Australia <laughs> Fan Network. It's James Scott and Adam with you again. Adam, why is the rum always gone? <laughs> uh, no, I think I uh, export it. <laughs> it's on my, on my ship for the last week. So. Off gallivanting on the high seas and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't uh, bring my pirate suit in because they confiscated <laughs> on the way in from uh, board by border security. So. And it is, of course, the 1st of November. And if you're still wearing your Halloween costume now, it's a little mm. bit sad. <laughs> Scott, how are you? What did I'm you dress good, up James, as for so Halloween? I didn't dress up at all, Adam. James, same thing. We've only been doing this I'm for I'm an absolute grinch. I'm, I'm the sort of guy who puts a sign on my door telling all the trick-or-treaters to go away. That's right. Well, yeah. See, I couldn't do that as a kid for wasn't allowed, so I figured no one else is allowed either. <laughs> no, I'm totally on board with that. Well, thankfully, it wasn't a Halloween horror show after about the 20-minute mark for the Brisbane Roar. As they kicked off, was it round four of the A-League in Wellington and quickly proceeded to be down 3-0. Not the ideal oh, start, Scott. That might have been the... Apart from the Boxing Day game down on the coast in 2010, that might have been the worst 20 minutes I've ever seen. I think there might have been 20 minutes against the Wanderers in that preliminary final a few years <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, maybe, well. but just defensively all over the place and with the ball, couldn't couldn't keep the ball just to have some possession either. It was it was yeah. quite, quite poor, just to be honest. And it did get better, which we'll get to, but the first 20 minutes was quite average. We did see a bit of a change in the team selection. Obviously, Coletti and Corey Brown were out. Brown was yep. injured. And Mitch Oxborough came into midfield and Jack Hingett was brought back into the starting lineup. Adam, was that about what you were expecting? I thought it was after after the previous week. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't see the Newcastle game because uh, for some reason the A-League isn't on a ship. But um, <laughs> but from what from what I read, um, yeah, it was... It was probably the predicted move, but even still, it seemed like this whole this whole trying to three centre backs into two to pl- try and play all of them. Yeah. I think it seems to backfire again, yeah. and once again, it just the defensive yeah. unit was just all over the place. And you know, good on Wellington to yeah. on explain that, mind you. Like I said, that the second goal, that the Krishna goal, wow, that was that was pretty good. If you want to find fault, like you want to give him that much space, but even mm. then. How often do you expect him to hit a shot that was just absolutely perfect yeah. like that? Exactly. He's, he's, well, his player's not known for you know taking you know taking that you know that long bomb from thirty yards out. So look, maybe you're right. Maybe they weren't expecting it. But um, yeah, look, that was you know, that was a, a decent goal. But even with his passing yeah. ability, you'd still yeah. want to close him down. You would, and I think a lot of people said Jade North had a bad day at left back. But remember, he's in a fullback. He's a centre back playing at left back, and I think that kind of showed. Oh, yeah. In terms of just the positioning. You do kind of give any sort of criticism of North yeah. a little bit of an asterisk when you say he was filling in. Cause, yeah. I mean, he's out of position. He played better at centre-back, actually, when mm. he got into the middle. Well, that's right. Well, was it 3-0 down? Luke DeVere yeah. goes out with a knee injury. The knee injury, yeah. Which, as it turns out, is going to keep him out for 10 weeks. Great! Yeah. Not really. That's kind of <laughs> dreadful. Um <laughs> But, yeah, DeVere's out for 10 weeks. North moved into centre-back, and Daningham came into left-back. And from there, I thought it did look a lot more like the raw side yeah. 
we might have been expecting to see where they had a lot more attacking power going forward because they were able to attack both flanks. Yeah, that injury, in addition to um, the loss of Scott Galloway for Wellington also, not long before that, kind of changed the game a bit for the Raw. Because when Daningham came on at Lepek, this gave more balance. Yeah. It gave you two fullbacks who liked to get forward, and you saw that, in the, particularly in the second half, Daningham got forward more when he got into the game. The one thing that I suppose did kind of stand out for me when we have had Jade North playing at centre-back is... The way that he he tries to get forward and whatnot, but he just doesn't have that no. fullback's instinct. He just, looks like a centre back. It's not out his game. Is it's it? two two weeks in a row now they've tried to play Jade North at left back. They've tried to play him previously at right back. I think the message is patently clear that you know what Jade North is a centre back. He's been, we've experimented with him in that defensive midfield once, but the the the, the, the structure of the balance of the side seems to be better when he is playing centre back. Yeah, absolutely, and. Look, you give him credit for putting in the effort that he has yeah. the last couple yeah. of weeks, but hmm. when that change happened, I honestly I think, think the changed. rule looked yeah. really fantastic. And mm-hmm. Daningham, look, my one issue with Daningham, I don't get how he can chew gum and play football at the exact <laughs> same time. <laughs> to me, that just looks uh, like a choking hazard. So, so, some poor habit he uh, picked up in all White's camp, I think. <laughs> Blame the New Zealand Zygaro. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, so the Raw did manage to get one back. It was Massimo Macaroni, I believe, with the yep. tap-in. That and was vitally important. That Because going in at 3-0 mm. down at half-time, you could, not only do you think the game could be gone, but you're starting to get negative thoughts for the season in general. And I think that goal really did change things a lot for the Raw. If, well, for me, the if turning, things do turn oh. around for the Raw by the end of the season, I think that'll be a moment you look at and think that's where it turned well, around. Well, I actually think the turning point was actually the, was actually the VAR saving the Raw this week. You know, oh. it, could, it could have been 4-0 down. Even though, look, even though, and we'll, we'll look, I think we'll get into that later, but um, even though it was clearly offside, what are those lines <laughs> doing? That, 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 was a, that was a big moment. Cause yeah. I think from there, that's where the Raw, that plus the goal from Macaroni, that's what yeah. changed the game. It all kind of tied in around the same time. It did, that yeah. 10-15 minute period. Yeah, it did kind of... Getting that momentum back was a huge help. And, well, we were talking about this before the game. I'm actually just trying to find the... Uh, here well, we go. Oh, you, got, you got it? Yeah, I found yeah. the message in our conversation saying, like, <laughs> the Raw are going to need uh-huh. a red or a soft penalty or a goal to have any real hope of salvaging this. Mm-hmm. Scott said, it's gone. Adam says it's going to be another <laughs> long week. I then responded with 28-3, it's never gone. <laughs> yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Mind you, you are reading really State Secrets there. To be really fair, far. when when I wrote that, I was thinking of, like, the homeless with the pig flying through the air. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was thinking. Oh, look, I, You're also going, it's still good. No, it's gone. But yeah, uh, well, I did follow that up with it is going to need a massive miracle (laughs) for that. And it did. Look, I... Keegan Smith, the (laughs) 18-year-old, not his best day, really. He did look quite fragile. And I think I was actually saying at one point, just start peppering the kid with shots because every time he's giving up rebounds. I would have guaranteed that you know, most people watching on TV would have would have seen would have said that. You know, hey, look, I think with Keegan Smith, I think he's a, he's looks to be a very, very accomplished shot stopper. But his judgment and you know, whether he comes out, comes out or stays on his line, I think that's still lacking. I think that's something that is going to take time. And I think now they've got to start thinking, you know, is it, is it becoming a bit of a liability? He because, reminds me you know, a bit of Matt Ryan, actually, at the start of that 2010 Remember, he had a couple of mistakes for the Mariners, and then he got settled in and became one of the better shot stoppers in the league. And, and a young Mariners have made the grand final. So I don't think Wellington are going to make the grand final. Neither do I, but... <laughs> yeah, I get where you're coming from. And was it the second goal? So it was off the far head, yeah. Ben Calfell, a free kick, who, that kind by of the way... That your point about Keegan Smith. Absolutely. Mm. 
Ben Kalfler, though, I thought yeah. that was his best game for the Raw. He, easily. Easily his best yeah, game. Absolutely. Probably, with the exception of the, of the grand final, probably one of his better games in the league in general, probably for the last, yeah. you, know, you know, one and a bit seasons at least. That was that... The 3-0 grand final that he won No, with the it. one last year. Yeah. I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was really good in that game. Yeah. But this and, was his best game for the Raw. Brisbane, by Miles was his best game for the Raw. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so his set-piece delivery yeah. had a real impact Smart in the game. set-piece, that one. And yeah, so the second goal came where he fired a free kick into the post and it just sort of rebounded off. And Papadopoulos was there for the yeah. tap-in. Yeah. That, that also proves backs up your point about Keegan Smith's goalkeeping and mistakes at the time as well. Mm. Well, that was one I actually thought that he was going to score <laughs> yeah. directly off. But you could kind of feel like the Raw just had all the momentum in yeah. the second half and eventually they did get the equaliser with a penalty from Massimo Macaroni after I believe it was actually Papadopoulos that was fouled in the box. Was, yeah. And aside from, I think, a handful of very, very optimistic uh, New Zealand <laughs> supporters... Fairly stonewall penalty. Yeah, that's a penalty. No debate over that. Didn't, no. didn't, need, didn't need the the, the McVAR, as we're calling it. No. <laughs> so well, one thing that, it didn't check this weekend. Yeah. It checked everything else. Well, it was a 10-second uh, check, I think. Yeah. But we'll get back to that in a later segment when Scott's had some time to compose himself with a brown paper bag. But, so... This is the other thing that uh, came out of the game. Keegan Smith blowing a penalty, uh, blowing a kiss <laughs> to Macaroni right before Macaroni yeah. went and uh, took the thing. So fair or foul? Oh look, oh, look, give the give the lad a bit of credit, you know, for for a bit of banter, a bit of confidence, and swagger. But you know what? At the end of the day, he was made to look very, very stupid because that <laughs> the Macaroni just rifled that past him. And look, I don't know. Look, I don't know whether I agree with totally. You know, Macaroni coming up and patting him on the well, patting him on the head or whatever he did. I don't know if. I agree with that so much, but look... That was know, a get-off-my-lawn moment, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, 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 I have no so. problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> if you're going to yeah. really go yeah. after someone... By all yeah. means, no, like, I think, take I got it. No problem with the whole thing. I think I think it's just just the, just the actual contact part because yeah. you saw what happened after. Then it flared up. You had yeah. you know players coming in. I, I can't remember if it's been a couple of days yeah. since who came. I think there were actually a couple of cards that came out of that little. Keegan sort of, Smith got one yellow. I remember that. Yeah. So look, I don't know about it, but like I said, the whole band of thing. You know what? You're gonna if you're gonna show confidence like that, be prepared to cop it when you get made to look foolish. I, 100% fair, James. Nothing wrong with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, for me, actually, the appropriate response from Macaroni would have been, I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the stat before the game was actually that Massimo Macaroni actually began playing professional football in Italy before Keegan Smith was born. Yes. So the whole respect your elders yeah. thing, you're damn right. Yeah. <laughs> But it was actually a pretty fiery game all up, come to think of it. Like, there were a few little flashpoints here and there. Particularly I, towards the end, there was. I think because both sides just knew how important getting out of this with a win yeah. was. And you really saw them, I suppose, going for broke at the end. And the Raw might feel a little bit hard done by not oh. to win it because they had a yeah. like really yeah, good yeah. one-on-one it's, chance. We talked about how good Ben Carfella played during this game, but he would, would love that chance back again when he hit the post. I think, Bort- I think Bortiak would love it yeah. as well because he was there for the rebound yeah. and sort of couldn't quite get it under control. Dick, what a story that would have been, by the way, for the Raw to come back from 3-0 down with all the off-field question marks. That would have been a win that game. If only they it had would a history been, of coming back. would have been a huge <laughs> launch for the season that would have been, but, but one point it is. Mm, well, even then, I'm still fairly happy yeah. with the win, to oh, be honest. Oh, look, yeah. Well, not the draw, yeah. No. The moral victory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I'd be happy probably about the second half and probably yeah. the last, 
for the dying stage of the first half, but there's still a lot, lot of problems. I think you know, a lot of it is that is that imbalance in the in their formation, their squad, that that the side that John obviously picked. I think there's still a lot of questions like that. But you know what? At least good on them yeah. for you know digging in, you know, and getting and getting the draw, and probably could have even had three all three points. For me, it showed why you were able to be optimistic yeah. about what this side could yeah. achieve this season without the actual achievement of three points, yeah. where okay, there's still some things that quite clearly haven't clicked, like, top to bottom. It's getting there, though. You can see, Second yeah. half, you can really see it getting there. Yeah, absolutely. And, look, it's just nice to not see zero points in your yeah, league. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go quickly on to the other games, cram them into segment one, because why not? Uh, Friday night, Sydney-Perth 2-0. Three penalties in one game. Uh, middle one was saved, so... Yep, first one was saved. First one? I watched the highlights out of order. First one was saved, the second one went in, and the third one went in too. Okay, so it was Bobo who had the save and the first yep. successful one, and Adrian had the third one. Yes. There we go. Sydney could have had about eight goals in this game based on their dominance. I don't know what it is about Liam Reddy, but he always seems to save you know, that for his ex-club, which explains why he does it against well, more he's than got half so many yeah, ex-clubs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which one are you talking yeah. about? Let me get to the punchline. Uh, hey, say ex-clubs he got sacked from because of course <laughs> Sydney, but... Alright, uh, was it Saturday, the feature game? 2-0 Melbourne City in Adelaide. Adelaide might feel like this might not be totally reflective considering who they were missing. Yeah. But... They had a busy week as well with the FFA Cup, which isn't in the run sheet, but congratulations on them making another cup final. That's right. And of course, they feel like they should be hosting it, as is the case with every club. Probably should, actually, given... Yeah. I don't think they're going to fill out the Sydney Football Stadium for it, but anyway, we can save that for another week. Yep. Um, McCormack... Fantastic free kick again. Yeah, he like I said, he looks like the last couple of weeks. Um, he seems to be really fitting in, and I think uh, at the moment Melbourne City are making at least two of of us uh, look pretty silly yes. in our predictions. But yeah, I was just look, say um, that. No but comment. as yeah, but as I said, quickly, you know, like I said that I'm surprised actually how well they're going at the moment. I think that's credit to yeah. Warren Joyce. And they look really yeah. strong defensively, actually, Melbourne City. They've got a real spine yeah. about themselves this year with Jakobsen and Schenkeveld, and then in midfield they've got the Rocker and Malik. They've got well, a real sl- solid look to them this year, and it's really I paying the Rocker's off. been playing central defence a bit next to uh, Bart. Yeah, well, either, either way they're playing, they've got those sort of players in the team now which are really... S- Really strengthen them up. And, and they've got a tremendous yeah. bench as well. Jakobsen's been looking good at left back mm. as well. All right, so then the Sunday double header. I was working for this, so yeah. I had to really sit- hoping for talking <laughs> points, weren't you? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, Jets were able to fight back. Joey freaking Champness, what a player! <laughs> Super sub of the A League. Yeah. It's unbelievable how far he's kicked on. The thing is, I don't think anyone who watched the young or regularly last year expected this sort of impact from him. Everyone knew he was quick and direct and had pace, but it could have been this. It could have been a light bulb yeah. moment, though. It's. What he's, what he's done for himself, moving to Newcastle, getting the loan to Portugal, now kicking on into the A-League, is absolutely spectacular. Yeah, no. Look, look, I think, you know, as, as we've watched him sort of develop through the youth ranks, I'll yeah. to see him even, you know, going back as far as, you know, when he's part of that championship wing team at Morton Bay in the NPL. Mm-hmm. Look, he's come a long way now. And look, we wish him the yeah. best because, you know, he's, you know, looking like a really good talent at the moment. And for everyone saying the Raw should have kept him, they do have a lot of, they do have a young winger in Shannon Brady who does a lot of the same things, who's unfortunately injured at the moment. It's they're very similar in the way they play. Yeah. Oh, look, I I would have loved to have seen him stay, but as we were talking about at the end of last year, it was a very packed yeah. group, even uh, with the young guys coming yeah. through. Like even you consider D'Agostino yep. competition for that place. 
obviously, as you mentioned, Brady and now Ramadak Bari is yep. an attacker as well. So uh, to be to be you honest, can't you can't keep everyone. Can you? Yeah, you can't you can't take people too seriously and say you know what well, oh, I should have kept Joe Champions in all in all in all seriousness. You know what he's he's gone back and he's reinvented and redefined himself. And that's and that's unless you got a crystal ball or something, you, you couldn't predict that at the time. Oh. So you know, and I'm fairly certain that uh, Sporting Lisbon would have loved to have kept Cristiano Ronaldo as well. Yeah. Mm. So sometimes you just have to let a player <laughs> yeah. go. Uh, and then the last game, Central Coast. 1-1 against Melbourne Victory. The first half highlights and then the second half highlights. Mariners were a little bit <laughs> yeah. unlucky. That they were... Mariners were really good, actually. They're playing some really good football. They're just not taking their chances. Yeah, who would have thought If Connor they Payne? could actually take their chances, they would be winning a lot of these games quite convincingly. Yeah, it was... Honestly, the second half opened up yeah. quite a lot. There were plenty of chances and could have had plenty more goals. But what I do For find... the Mariners, anyway, I don't know about Victory. Yeah, probably not. They might have been missing Barisha a little bit, but they yeah. still look really predictable. Oh, look, I think you know, you're talking about you know just about the victory. I don't know whether it, it is Pank Sessions them just yet, but um, look, I think trying to look for a positive for this, Leroy George is looking really mm. good at the moment for They him. need him on the wing though. He's yeah, oh, he look kind him, of wasted. him playing number yeah. nine and just nah, but that's they need to get King Kenny up, fit, and ready to go. As quickly as possible, because they just need an X factor up front, particularly with Barisha not there. I heard, I believe it was Fox Football podcast. Mm. I think it was Daniel Garb saying that they're basically just giving him a bit of a rest after his mm. hectic season yeah. with Heidelberg. Yep. So, look, do you want to bring him in while he's flat and not able to do a whole lot, and then you get slammed and all that fun stuff? Anyway, I think that's about it for segment one, guys. What do you yep. say? Yep. All right, we'll be back after this. This is a Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review, Season 2, Episode 11, part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. James Scott and Adam to talk about the W League. It's back for another season. And we have to talk about a win. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> good win, too. Yeah. Very good win. We were all a little bit surprised by... Um, I suppose how little credit the Raw were getting going into this game, but a 3-1 win over... Sydney FC at Allianz Stadium. That's pretty damn good start to the year. And a flying start as well. 17 seconds. Absolutely. Unbelievable. <laughs> I think Unbelievable. I, uh, I think um, the Raw should should uh, trademark that because that's, yeah, I don't know how many times last season it was, you know, you, you hadn't yeah. even kicked off and they're ready to yeah. run the front. So the, the Raw W start. League team can trademark the fast starts. The A League team can trademark the late Fu- comebacks. Yeah. And the Youth League side can just have a great, you know, 10 minutes either side of halfway. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just go through the game chronologically. Like, just yeah. phenomenally fast start. Ball go, like in from the right, and Gorey's there to poach yeah. home. But that's 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 great instinct. That you know to, to, to go for it so early. You know, and that was it was, it was actually look in, in isolation. It was actually a very very good goal. It wasn't like a tap in or anything no. like that. It was a very well taken goal by uh, Katrina Gorey. So, and that's like I said, everything seemed to flow on from there. Yeah, the- really settled the whole team down as well. If there was any nerves or doubt in the side that would have just completely crushed it. Yeah, they got off to a really good start and I think they held the ball quite well. Just their overall possession and whatnot. That look they they looked really well, you know, especially in sort of the first half in the lead up to the second yeah. goal. They they completely controlled controlled the game and you know it's like, you know, mm. It's it's what actually what you want to see out of the men's yeah. men's team, the way they, they play their football. So that's, that's gotta be a credit to you know everyone all involved there. Absolutely. I mean 
a lot a lot of the commentary is about Sydney not having certain players available, but the Raw played absolutely unbelievably. And consider the Raw's bench as well. It's not like they were no. exactly stacked no. for players. Like one player who played in A League pre- W League previously in that on that bench. And so. the rest of it was the yeah. NPL squad. Oh, with the young yeah, players, including yeah. Um, yeah. Holly Palmer, and that. So you know she's yeah. a, a young young lady that's you know young girl, I guess you could call it. Um, that has a, you know plenty of raps. So. And unlike yeah. Keegan Smith, she respects her elders. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then a brace for O'Leary Toby. Talk yeah. us through that because I a really good head yeah. as well, particularly the second one with the back of the head facing away from the goal. It was and that was really important as well because that was just after Sydney got their goal back and yeah. the crowd was starting to get into it. So I had to wonder would they would they get equalised and the third goal just absolutely yeah. killed them off. Oh yeah, I you know quite impressed. But the big thing for me was Wakey chewing the import. Not scoring goals, but just playing the setup. Really good impact. Though. Yeah, look, I I think there's a lot to be excited about. You know, about about um, Waikiki Kuchung. Sorry, get that. <laughs> <bit out. laughs> You'll get that. <laughs> yeah, look, look, she was really, really good. You know, mm-hmm. up front that typical poacher striker yeah. role, and you know, I think a lot of people wrote her off because simply based mm-hmm. on oh, who's this person? Who's this player from Hong Kong? But she shows it. You know, she can definitely uh, hold the ball up really well as well. And that's what you know, Mel Andretta was talking about at the coach's call mm-hmm. last month, and. Uh, in the interview we did with her last week, talking about that's the sort of impact yeah. she can bring to a team that, look, did struggle for goals from its strikers last year. And it does appear to be more goals in this team as well now because, obviously, Alira Toby got two and you got Wakey Chong and Emily Gielnick will be back as well. There's a lot of goal-scoring options now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so there was a penalty for Sydney for a high foot, which live, it was a bit of a mess, but it was a nice reminder of what the game was like without VAR. Yeah, it was great, wasn't oh, it? Oh, you're not biting on it. <laughs> it was great not having that thing. Yeah, but it was a, it was still a little bit of a mess, though, because the referee had to go over and say, what did we, what did we just have? What was this? There was still quite a lengthy delay. There was, but... Right call, though, Adam? I do without it the was, It was screens. a correct call. How they got there was a bit messy, as you said, but uh, look, at the yeah. end of the day, I don't think you have too many complaints no, when, was, you, when you sort of see it. It was a penalty. Yeah, it was just a little bit... Um, yeah... It was a bit bumpy to yeah, get to the end. The, the, yeah. pro, the process was, was you know, it wasn't great. And it wasn't a great look, but, you know, and, you know, we want the correct decisions. I think at the end of the day, it was made. Yeah. And I suppose, the, like, the way they closed the game out as well, it was one of those times where you just felt like they were going to uh, take the air out of the contest yeah. and not really give Sydney too much of an opportunity to get back into it. Yeah, well, after, as I mentioned, the third goal from Alira Toby absolutely just killed the game off because if Sydney thought they could get back into the game, that was the end of it right there, so... Mm. All right, so in uh, signing news, Emily Gilnick is back? Yep. One season, or...? I believe it's one season. Yeah, because obviously with the big deal they made about Gorry's yeah. two-year deal. Yeah. Anyway, um, Caitlin Torpy and young Matildas miss out on the Under-20 World Cup, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah. lost to host China in the third-place playoffs. So. <sighs> All right, and the other W League results, Perth 4-1 over City, big statement from Perth. Well, when they have probably the best player in the world playing at the moment, um, yeah, I think it, the, the momentum off that. And look, and, and say it, Sam Kerr, not, it's not one no. you know, player team here. So she's got some pretty decent backups, so they're going to be right in the hunt, I think. Just top to bottom, looking at some of the W League squads, oh. it feels like this is the most talent they've been able to assemble. Is. Oh, it's hands down. Hands down. It has you know. to be. And, and we're going to actually discover as well a lot of hidden gems, you know, yeah. a lot of American players coming over looking you know, mm-hmm. to, to try and make a name for themselves to go back to the homeland. So, And even looking at some of the other results from the weekend, there's a few other surprising results here as well. Obviously, 
Yep. Well, teams well, who were to- dominant last year with first up defeats. That's right. Well, uh, Melbourne Victory's W League side have yep. been able to do something that their A League side couldn't do, <laughs> which is win a game. They really like copying us, don't they? Absolutely. <laughs> Victory. They can't help themselves. Just one thing after another. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah. That uh, was a good win, actually, over Canberra for them. Because mm, Canberra, of course, did quite well last year. They won, won, the, they won the Premiership. Yep. yep. And then finally, Newcastle uh, managed to win the W League A League aggregate uh, competition yeah, on did. Sunday over, Sydney, <laughs> did. over Western Sydney, I mean. A couple of scrappy goals for Newcastle in that game. So. They all count yeah, the same. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's a you know 30 metre rocket or just a Having quick... missed the final for so long, I think Newcastle will take anything they can get at the moment. In and the just, 8 League or W League. Yeah, exactly. Quick note from um, that game as well, also with uh, Emily Van Egmond coming back. You know, the story broke, I think, the day before the game, that apparently that uh, Newcastle actually paid a transfer yeah. fee really? to, to Wolfsburg. Wow. Um so, so yeah, that, that that was a first for the W League as well. That's another terrific signing for the W League as well. Emily Van Egmond. Yep. All right. And then looking forward to round two, you've got a Melbourne derby, uh, a West Sydney against Adelaide, Newcastle versus Sydney FC. I think you've always got to go for the Melbourne derby here. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's going to be... see these games on TV. So that would be a really good one to watch. Well, because for, for me, like, the big problem with the W League was always just access to it. Yeah. It wasn't all what... Like, you That's something we have to talk, talk about. That the games that are not on TV are on foxsports.com.au. You can watch them there. The same way you can watch FFA Cup games. So that's a that's an improvement as well. Yeah, whereas last year it was, okay, I'll have to follow the Twitter commentary yeah. and you know teams might all, not always be sending people to yeah. cover the mm. away games in Perth or whatever. So... Yeah, that's something. Just thought something different for a Friday. Like I said, I don't know how it'll go because I actually have a day off on Friday, but um, oh, actually have yeah. <laughs> actually have you know, W League before the A League, you know, on you know on Fox yeah. Sports. I thought that was you know a great viewing. Yeah. Oh, look, the on more SBS exposure they well, get, we should mention that as well. Mm, yes, sorry, yep, well. you're right. What was that? On SBS as well. SBS Viceland. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, Suncorp Stadium, Sunday afternoon, one thirty, as the First part of a double header. The Roar are playing Perth Glory. So top of the table clash. That's right. So I'm going to assume that they're going to instruct one of the defenders to tie Sam Kerr's shoelaces together. <laughs> oh, do whatever. Me and Claire Polkinghorne's back pocket will be fine. Oh, yeah. do, whatever, do whatever you can. <laughs> Not whatever you can. Whatever you can within the rule book, perhaps. Oh, I don't know. Sam Kerr's no VAR cool. <laughs> behind play. Just, no referees. Just don't, just, be fine. just don't hurt it because we need it for the Matildas. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because their game's coming up too. <laughs> Um, so record at Suncorp, this doesn't quite seem right. So played one, lost one in 15-16. Yep. 3-1-3 yep. uh, for Windraw loss. Yep, something like that. Close enough. Yep. Yeah, the st- we're still working on building our stats database yeah, for there. Yeah, I'm working on it. We're working on it. Scott slowly. is our numbers man, so send all complaints or corrections to... <laughs> yeah, thank BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com. Yep, thank you. All right. Uh, prediction for that. You know, I'm thinking that we're all going to win at 3-2. Yeah, I... Th- I- I would really like to draw to win this game because it would kick start their season perfectly to get six points out of six. I'll say they'll win two one. I think I think it's who will draw, but I think these these are two teams that are gonna be you know, fighting out for silverware at the back end of the season. So it might be might be parity here. Alright. I think that's gonna do it yeah. for this segment, guys. We'll be back with segment three talking about some of the news that's going on. This is a Brisbane football review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review, part of the DFS Fan Network. And we're going to talk about the news right now. 
First story, not a great one. Luke Devi is out with a knee injury, 10 weeks, so that'll take him into 2018. So He's definitely done without this injury. Yeah, just looking at from a numbers perspective, yeah. obviously it means that Avram Papadopoulos and Jade yeah. North are set in as the two starting centre-backs, but unfortunately Daniel Bowles is out for... Daniel Bowles, well, I was talking about the... Um... Was it kit, the launch. kit launch. He was saying he was targeting November from November, memory. December. So but even though he hasn't done a preseason either, so and he, Corey Brown's out for another seven weeks minimum. So woohoo! And then add to that, Dane, Dane Ingham is away. Will go away after this weekend. Available this weekend, and then, well? then he will go okay, after yeah. that. But even then, like it's another hit to a defensive stocks that on paper was quite deep yeah. until everyone started to get I hurt. I definitely think there's a strong possibility of injury replacement coming up the next couple of weeks. Particularly after Daningham goes away, you've only got four defenders fit. Well, just looking at my the first thought that popped into my mind was, who do you know that's familiar with the Raw and could come in for a couple of months and yeah. do a job? And the name that sort of popped into my mind was Cameron Crestani. That would work quite well, actually. Yeah, I think it will discussing this uh, earlier on, on Messenger was that my concern about Cameron Christine, look, you're right, he fits the bill. The only problem is that what's he been doing since the win no, when the uh, in the NPL? Like, Given his performance think, in that game, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he's still partying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, whether he, whether he's match fit, but you know what, we, we don't know. I, look, I think that'll be a, a very astute choice. He already might be still celebrating that goal, actually. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, like, Christani, yeah. or maybe not yeah. him specifically, but someone like him, yeah. I feel like would be the right sort of mould. You go for someone a little bit younger, yeah. so you're not going for crazy salary, but it's also not someone that you're calling on week yeah. in, week out. If you do look at the youth league teams, we'll get to later. There's two candidates in there: there's Aaron Reardon, who's the more experienced defender in the youth team, and Emily Wellsmore, who's a youth international, but they're still a fair, a fair way away from being ready for the A League. But they they would be the next ones in line at the moment. Which is why you would probably need a into replacement from memory Aaron Reardon was one of those guys that during the preseason I sort of went oh who's that guy he's looking yeah. pretty good so maybe Aloisi puts his faith in, faith in that youth system we'll just have to wait and see and probably by the time you're listening to this they'll have signed <laughs> yeah. you know Gerard PK or something yeah, they'll sign a 30 year old defender will be fine <laughs> you never know uh, so Josip Gombau this morning was named as permanent Wanderers boss I'm actually a little bit disappointed at that well, yeah. in part because I was talking about it this morning and thinking if he was going to get the... If Andrew Postacoglu was to leave the Socceroos position in the lead-up to the World Cup, yeah. he would have probably wound up being the guy I settled on as my He's preferred also choice. He's a terrific manager as well who you know is going to take that Wanderers team to pretty good heights, I think. Well, yeah, selfishly from a Raw yeah. fan's perspective, I would have preferred that they had me in charge because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my managerial skills are questionable at best. But if you've got FIFA more tactical now than Hayden Fox, I think, so give yourself some credit. Yeah, but I don't look that good in a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> or have the energy that he does. Anyway. Uh, that is a good hire for Western City. Yeah. Though. It does solve Correct. a lot of their problems. <laughs> I was going to mention in the A-League recap, they got tactically outplayed a couple of times now in terms of substitutions and tactics and the like and I don't think that's going to happen now with Gombau. Yeah, I think also as well from just from a national team perspective or the under-23s, Yoli Roos as well, I think that's a big blow um, as well. I thought, you know, he, like that, that next group, they probably needed the nous of a Josp Gombau to sort of guide him on to, you know, the Olympics, but, you know... I really, if Ibaka can yeah. go back to the Oli Roos and they can go back to not scoring any goals, it'll be fine. Eek. <laughs> yeah, yep. uh, so we're going to... Um, Jump on to the National Youth League, which just came out right now, this afternoon, yeah. actually. So the draw came out. First story is the Raw are going to be playing their home games at Grange Thistle's home Lanham ground. Park, yep. Which, I'm 
very, very happy with the simple yeah. fact that it's not Redcliffe. No yeah. offense, Adam. No offense to the people. And, it, and it's not Redcliffe either. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah it's to, not. Yeah. It's a lot more central, and I think that's what we were all yeah. hoping for. No, no offense to the people AJ Kelly Park and Peninsula Power. It's, oh, a, it's, a, it's, a, great a, it's a great venue, but. Getting there at 10.30 on a Saturday morning is a bit tough at times. So, oh, Lanham Park... Especially when we know better. how much Scott parties. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, look, it's it, equal distance for me from uh, home to Lanham Park, so yeah. I don't I really see much. But, yeah. look, I think it's, you know, hopefully that you know, now it's a more central location, you know, locally, you know, that then more people actually come out and see the next generation. And the generation. youth league starts tough for them as well because they're, they're away to Melbourne City defending champions in the first round. So, ah, if they're going to do anything this year, it starts right there. Well, just a quick look through the fixtures as it loads up yep. on the computer. So yeah, starts at Melbourne City, then the home game Sunday 26th of November, 10.30am. Mm-hmm. A lot of these games, I think three of the four home games are 10.30am yep. kickoffs, which might seem like a bit of a pain having to play in the middle of the day, but A, they're young and ha- should have plenty of energy. And two, it also reduces the potential for a storm to roll through at about 5.30 mm. and yeah. completely disrupt it all, Yeah, so that's a down good point because we know what I'm happened last year with Melbourne City I'll t- and I'll tell you what, carry on over that. I'm still not over the, that. the home opener against Melbourne Victory is anything like the corresponding feature last year, guarantee you get out and get out to that game. That was a, that was a I cracker. Could, can we just skip the first 10 minutes though? It's, yes. <laughs> it's also the morning after the state election, so... Oh, how fun. Oh. Yeah, we're going to be very, very happy to focus on something fun instead of politics. <laughs> hmm. uh, and then we've got... Yeah, the squad so does look quite good, though. There's a lot of experienced players now who we've seen in the A-League we're now. We're going to get to that. I, I was just thought you were moving on. No, I was going to get through the rest of the game. So okay. December 16th, 10.30am at home. Friday, December 29th, 4.30pm at home. So it's in that week between Christmas yep. and New Year's. It, mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who's going to be busy that week, no, <laughs> yeah. even no if you are at work. <laughs> and the final one is Friday, 19th of January, 10.30am. So that might be a... Uh, Good one for parents to take kids to if they're sick of them on in the final weeks of school holidays. <laughs> As my parents were always sick of me by that point in the school holidays. All right, so on to the youth squad now. Scott, yep. take us through it. It does look quite nice. Expert, really? Well, so you've got the post up on your phone. I'm still <laughs> trying to find it on my computer. So yeah. anyway, Scott, talk us through the squad. Okay, so there's a lot of players who played over the winter in the MPL squad. There's a lot of players who were in the youth league previously last year. So I'll focus on a couple of the other ones I'm... Jay Barnett and Bryce Bafford are from the FFA Centre of Excellence. They were down there last year. Both did quite well. I think Bryce Bafford actually played for Perth at one stage as well. Yeah. And that, there's a lot of players here who you can look at who are very exciting players. Obviously, Nathan Yoon, Raman Akbari, Oliver Duncan. There's some really good players near the one looking I at as well. Really, I, looking at that score, I really like the, um, the attacking talents yeah. in that. I think, you know, I tell you what, if, if they get the midfield right, you know, there's a lot of goals in that um, yeah. in that front four. Like I said, I, I'd say I, I, you know, I, I'm hoping you know, Emilio Martinez has a big season. Like yeah. he's, he's probably, he's probably the, the pick of pick of them. But um, like I said, yeah, they, youth, youth football is very, very hard to get a read on yeah. form or whatnot. So. The squad's up on our social media now. You can have a look at it. But there's also players like maybe Corey Gamero, who they've taken lightly through the preseason, who will probably play in this at some stage, maybe Daniel Bowles coming back from his knee injury, probably a Shannon Brady at some stage, maybe a Nick D'Agostino as well. So there's probably some players who will come back into this squad who aren't named today who will strengthen it even further again. I think it looks really so what strong. What are the rules about overage players? I think it's four. Okay. All right, I finally got the squad up on the computer. Oh, so what did I miss? You missed all, <laughs> yeah, you missed everything. All right, so I did hear Adam talk about the number of goals, but like, as we were talking about last year, though, when this... Uh, when the youth league season started, was there were a lot of questions about the consistency of this side, yeah. and look, it's something you find with any sort of young yeah. team where they might come out and win five games mm. and 
like win a game 5-0 and then lose a game 5-0, which, you know, it's just a, something they're going to have to learn it about. It is also about development as well. And with a potential Champions League campaign ahead as well, all these young guys are fighting for positions in the extended squad there as well, and also maybe an A-League appearance towards the end of the year, well, if it's required that players fill in. So there's plenty to play yeah. for for these young guys. Well, I didn't remember Nathan Yoon was banging yeah. them in for fun last year. Yeah. And Emmy Martinez, we've seen quite a lot of during preseason. Mm-hmm. So they're two names that you probably yeah. want to keep an eye on. I'd also add Oliver Duncan to that as well. Really tricky left winger. Who I think you might have said had a similar style to a certain uh, raw yeah. legend. Yes. Hall of Fame player, perhaps. He might have. I might have said that. You're definitely not giving him too high uh, no. expectations. And also, as well, you, you can see how Ramat Akbari also yeah. gave his, his brief dances in, in the um, in the A-League, how that translates back to youth football. be very interesting. And the defence also does look quite good as well with Emlyn Wells, more of New Zealand Youth International next to Aaron Reardon. And Daningham's named in that squad as well. All right, so we're going to come back to the Youth League probably in a couple of weeks, yep. I suppose, when the games actually get closer. Scott, you want to talk about uh, the VAR. I'm not quite sure why, but... Uh, this, honestly, I'm sick of this. I've got three points to make about this, because they do get things right, but it's incredibly frustrating. You do that, I'm going to drink coffee. Right. Number one, it takes too long. Three minutes, 44 seconds for that decision on Friday night is ridiculous. Number two, the referees look like fools when they use screens which are smaller than your iPad screen there. James, I don't think it, they have a sponsorship deal with Apple. No, <laughs> it is ridiculous though. They go and overlook at that. That's number two. And number three, it pops up way too often during games. Like They look at things that don't need to be looked at. Like take the Roy Krishna goal we talked about in segment one. They check that on the VAR. For what? What would yeah. you possibly be checking that for? It's a 30-yard strike into the top corner. There's no need to check that. Yet it pops up on the screen. They're checking it. I'm sick of it. I think... I'll say in defence of that, I think there's a little bit of just product placement of let's just make it... I'm sure it is, like, but it's damn it infuriating. Just, it could just be, oh, look, we're going to watch the replay as it rolls through on the yeah. broadcast. We better yeah. put the VAR yeah. check up there as well to get the sponsorship deal. I would rather just see it pop up on the screen when it's got an intervention it needs to make. it just make it so much easier. Like It operates in the background and checks everything, that's fine, but only pops up on the screen when it's got something it needs to say. I will say this much that at least it's not this this not Australian problem. I think this is like a, there was a game, yeah. a Serie A game this morning between Inter Milan and mm-hmm. Verona, I think it was, where you had a similar occurrence yeah. where it took an inordinate amount of time. Yeah. Now, for, for, for mine, you know, I, what I can't understand is why is it taking three yeah. and a half minutes, four minutes? If they cannot get a decision... In the first thirty seconds, how many, how many looks do you need to? Because exactly. The suggestion to me is that you know when it, when a referee, be it the fourth official or the actual main official, is actually looking, it's like they're looking for something for a reason mm-hmm. to either give it or not give the decision. And that yeah. that to me, like so, we're we're going down the the, the slippery slope path of what has has yeah. really peed people off at the NRL and the bunker. Yeah. Not just the NRL, yeah. like add in Super Rugby, yeah. baseball, yeah. NFL, yeah. NFL does yeah. and like the big yeah. one actually is. Ice hockey. Yeah. That's a really quick. NBA has game. a thing as well now with a replay center as well. So, but I remember like I've seen I've watched Boston Bruins games and they actually got robbed out of the playoff spot a couple of years ago by a dodgy uh, referee <laughs> call. Not that I'm still holding a grudge about that, <laughs> but look, you're absolutely yeah, right, yeah. Scott. It's definitely a broken yeah. system. However, it sounds like based on the comments from FIFA, it's here to stay. And the one thing you've got to also point out, I think Simon Hill was saying this yep. that. <clears throat> VAR sucks right now, but Australia yeah. are the guinea pigs for this. Yeah. So right now they're learning, all right, we can't afford a four-minute delay. Yeah. Personally, I'd say if a decision can't be reached in 90 yeah. seconds, 
too bad. Just make it like the tennis one. The tennis one's the only one of these video replay systems that works. They check it, it takes 10, 15, 20 seconds at most, and it's done. Yeah. Whether you think it's right or not, I know some of the players don't like it, but it's a decision made in 20... Roger Federer, for one, doesn't like it. But it takes 20 seconds and it's done. It's the, well, what annoys too me is that, and, look, and this is a more general about you know, video referees and whatnot, and it's starting to creep into football now, is that the game is not supposed to be refereed at 32,000 frames a second. Like, and this is the problem. They're looking at slow-mo replays. It was a subjective penalty, this one, as well, on the weekend for exactly. the Perth one. I mean, it's an arm is out. It's either a penalty or not. If you, if you, seen them given, if but you can't decide a decision yeah. on watching it in real time, you know, in, in less than 30 seconds, then, you know, as I said, you look, it seems like you're looking at something. That's when all the conspiracy theories start and all the anti-establishment <laughs> people start coming out saying, oh, it's rigged, it's fixed. Then that, but that's the breeding ground for it because if you cannot make a decision inside that time, at, in real time, then but you've got a problem. That's something that mm. does need to really mm. happen. Like, that's something that does need to be refined, which is, don't like, it should never be is there any reason I can't award this try? Or, sorry, that's oh. the Super Rugby turn yeah. there. Where they, they think you, that's not a bad thing, actually, to be honest. Super Rugby... Yeah, Super Rugby's yeah. a bit frustrating, though, where they say, is there any reason I can't award this? Which is, I'd rather them refine it and say, all right, I think that this happened. I don't mind the build-up we saw last week with the macaroni no, disallowed That was goal. a perfect, perfectly fine use of it. That took a little bit too long as well, but, but it wasn't four minutes either. But my point is, I don't mind the build-up where you say, all right, the start of the attacking yep. move, so either when they take possession or whatever, but I do have an issue with... Yeah, how long it takes, and the maybe is there just any let reason? the fourth official make the decision and not let them not let the main official go over and look. That at it would up save a minute. Yeah, the way I would have it is you need to actually be reviewing a specific incident, so it needs to be the assistant yeah. referee on the side saying, "Look, mm. I thought it might have been offside. It was a line call uh, at this moment. Mm. We need to check this and only this. So you mm. you're narrowing the scope of review. So you're not watching sixty. 90 seconds yeah. of build-up play, you've got a clear point of this is where it's going to be reviewed and that's it. The one, the, and one, the one point I'd like to make as well is that that, that goal, that, that disallowed goal, which would, would, would have mm. made 4-0 to Wellington Phoenix. My concern as well is that, you know, like was, rugby that, league, it's yeah. now it seems like the linesman yeah. And you know, it, it seems like now they're almost half reliant on thinking, oh, look, I'm not sure if I'm going to put my flag up because, you know what, yeah. I've now got technology to back me up. Yeah, that's it, exactly look, To me, happening. that was absolutely ridiculous to me that he was, McGlinch was two metres offside. Hmm. That how it even got to the VAR and the weight hmm. and the agony of, oh, no, is it going to be reversed? Hmm. Is it not? Hmm. It should never come to that. I know you want to move on, but that's probably no. because they were checking if the Raw did play at that. Yeah, yes, that is a good point. But like I said, I, I, I got a feeling as well there may be complacency creeping into the officials saying, oh, we don't need to make that big call because, oh, technology will bail ba- us out if we make a wrong call. And my only other point on that is I still don't want to see anything happen where a team gets screwed by the wrong call. Because yeah. my firm belief is that mm. sports, are, sports revolve in swings and roundabouts. So for every time you complain about getting screwed by a VAR call, chances are you're going to get one in your favour well, down the line. With some more, exactly. No. Yeah, but that's what, like, well, I wouldn't say if the team got screwed there, to be honest, but well, you know what I mean. Look, like, I, think, yeah. I think overall as well, I think, yeah, and, and, you know, I, I think I speak to you as well as far as the your opposition to the VAR, it's not about denying people a chance to have, to basically, you know, we want the right decision. 
Yeah, it was the right decision. Yeah. yeah, but the process that is getting to it is very, very broken. I know it's, it's something brand new and they've got to refine that. But you know, none of us disagree with, you know, we want the right decision to be made. But my... Uh, or I suppose the other thing, or the other alternative is you do go the way they've got it in the NFL where it's up to a coach's challenge. The other so, thing is, it, they took four minutes to check it. They only added three minutes of injury time. That's, that's the other issue. That's with another penalty prior to that as well. I mean, come on. So, big picture, I think we've like it's got to be quicker and it's got to be more clear what can and can't be reviewed. Yeah. But, look... It's a work in progress. Chances are there'll be some sort of stuff up at the World Cup in June. Which oh, that's, will... that's going to happen. Oh. That is happening. Come on, please let it happen to Germany. Please. Well, <laughs> well, it'll happen in the final, like the, the 92nd minute of the final. No, they'll be it'll checking happen, a subjective penalty or something. It will. I'll, I would. I will settle for that. <laughs> Look, just yeah, let it happen to one of the. Anyway, let's move on. All right, so. <laughs> FFA versus clubs looks like it's going to continue through to the 27th of yep. November. Because and Football Federation Victoria have sided with New South Wales and A-League clubs and the PFA in wanting 9511, which is not what the FFA want, because that would allow... Basically, at the moment, the states can veto everything. Yep. And the clubs want that changed. I and that's where the whole 9-4 or 9-5 is coming into it. I'm a firm I'm a firm supporter of the idea that no one group should have yep. an absolute majority. I'd much rather see it, you know, 40-40, 20-20, or yeah. however you line it so up. FIFA will sort this out soon anyway, don't worry. Yeah, great. I, I think, it's, it's like, as I say, a couple of weeks ago, I think things have changed. hasn't changed stars since I, I was out of the country, and that's, you know, what I think we're going to have, FIFA's going to be in charge of uh, Football Australia on the 1st of December. Yep. Well, in the interest of time, we're going to probably kick the can down the road on that story just yep. because we do have some other stuff mm. to get into. One group that does seem to be leaping on the opportunity presented by a vulnerable yeah. FFA is the AAFC, Association of Australian Football Clubs. Yeah. Australian Association of Football Clubs. Anyway, they've announced plans for a national second division called the Championship. I wonder where oh, they got what? that idea from. Mm. You oh. son of... <laughs> <laughs> Don't swear. <laughs> <laughs> that was my line. I set it up and everything. Got it. Okay, so... Key points for this, so they're looking at, what is it, a 12 uh, to 16 team competition in... 2019, they want to kick off. And look, there are a lot of things to like about this, the fact that they're lining up with the yep. A-League. They've got a policy of, we're not going to clash with any A-League fixture in a city. Yep. So, look, just looking down the line, you're going to wind up, you could potentially wind up mm-hmm. with, hypothetically, a... Brisbane game at Ballymore for City yep. if they don't get in the A League, uh, you know Saturday afternoon, and then head to Suncorp Stadium for Brisbane Raw versus yeah. Melbourne Victory. So, yeah, there's a lot to like yeah. about. There it. is a lot to like, but I'll go with the positives first, and I'll let you tee off on the negatives, Adam, because I know you've got a lot to say on that. Hey, I've got plenty too, <laughs> you know. No, but uh, he's been waiting for this. But look, <laughs> well, I you do, stole my joke, so I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> I do like the concept of it. There's a lot to like about it. There's a lot that can work, make it work. I do like that starting with 16 and they're looking to build up to teams into the A-League. I think that's a good idea. What I don't like about it, I'll let you talk about the finance part of it, but they, I would like it to have teams from everywhere in the country here if that's going to happen. Yep. That's one thing as well. But why, don't you, why wouldn't you allow consortium bids like, say, Cambria United? Because I'm not sure they're an MPL club at the moment, Cambria United. So they would not be eligible to compete in this and be part of the second division. That would be... An ideal club in the ACT, and also that Tasmania bid that's popped up as well. So I would don't understand why you wouldn't allow those to be in. 
and I agree with what Adam's about to say about the finances, but I'll let him tee off. The guy and thanks for building me up here. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I live up to bad. Look, I, I think, look, my, my primary problem is, and look, I agree with you guys, there is a lot of merit. I think everyone is screaming yeah. out for a second yeah. division. Uh, yeah, down the line yeah. is absolutely necessary. Yeah. It is, in and a lot of ways. Look, I'm good on these guys for calling their shot now and saying, all right, this is how we're going to do it. But, but <laughs> I don't know where they think that they can find $2.5 million per club mm. for a budget and then $150,000 per season licensing fee. It, where, where is this money coming from? Like, uh, if, if, if There's one or two things. Either the AFC mm. are lying and they're going to get found out eventually that there actually really in reality is no money or this pot of gold has been sitting lying around it for the last decade and the FFA have done nothing about it, which means yeah. they deserve to get the punt on, yeah. on November 3rd, because that would be an absolute travesty if this mm. money really exists. Mm. Unfortunately, I seem to... T- you know, I yeah. side with the former, say, you know what? I just don't think their, their money no, lines up. Two and a half million is light anyway. I don't anyway. know where... Like, That's light on anyway, two and a half million. It's going to be at least double that. Yeah. $300,000 per club for travel and accommodation costs. I don't want to know where they're staying for that much, because when you consider... I'm not so, going on the bus trip from Brisbane to Perth either for that price. Yeah. Well, consider that what it's three hundred thousand per club. So you've, you're going to have. Let's assume that best case scenario, everybody is healthy. Yep. It's, uh, what was it? Uh, Fifteen players. So yeah, you've plus got five staff. Let's say like coaches and stuff. So twenty people traveling at an absolute minimum, and that's assuming you're not going to send a media department down to cover the game. Yeah. You're not going to. That's on one. Remember they're going for a men's and women's comp here as well. Remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nothing, as well. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. I oh, know. That's what I. Yeah. Like. So there you go. You're automatically looking at 20 people. So I just the, the, it doesn't add up. As and and the, and the troubling thing is, even the PFA is yeah. saying the devil's yeah. in the details. So they're That's not. Right. So they're skeptical. They're and skeptical the of the financial part. Yeah. I think everyone's skeptical of the financial here, part because yeah. two and a half million is just. It just doesn't look like it's the right right math here for what it would cost per year to run a team. In That's this. two and a half million just to, to break even. Like it's, 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 you, you know, it's not going to be right though. It's going to be much more than two and a yeah. half million. It's going to be closer that, to five, is, or five to seven million per club to. And i trying to find the story that I saw this in now. I really should have bookmarked it. But apparently that means that the players are only going to be getting paid around 25000 per season as an average yep. salary, which is half of the minimum wage in the A-League, apparently. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, you can see a lot of players signing up for that. Yeah. Oh, it, well, compared to what they earn in the NPL, you, 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 no, no, you would do no, that. Absolutely, you're right, actually. It does yeah. seem... Mm. But it, if it is going... But yeah, that yeah. means, is it going to be a fully professional league? I which then, know. Which yeah. then means... How is it going to integrate with the FFA when you do wind up with, let's just say Wellington getting relegated uh, for, yeah. like say Wellington gets relegated. In 2019, <laughs> 2020 I should say. Yeah. I don't think the promotion relegation is starting straight That's away That's not going to be until 2025. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but just... I hear your point, yep. Yeah, bear with me here. How are they going to then modify their squad, get all the pay cuts mm. in under the thing, yeah. or are Wellington well, going to be immune from relegation? Well, the whole thing, that's the A-League salary cap would have to go because if clubs start getting relegated on the basis of not being able to spend to save themselves in January, they'll start teeing off. Like, can you imagine Sydney FC getting relegated all based on a salary cap and not being able to go and strengthen their squad to save themselves? Yeah, that would, so that would go. And then you're right, teams from the A-League, have to, the A-League teams, when they get relegated, would the amount of players would have to move on just purely because of the financials would be... Yeah, okay. and the way difficult, that, but and the way that that's something that can be overcome over time, though, mind you. With the squads being built the way that they are, so I think they're saying that it's half the squad have to be twenty-five or under. That's a good rule yep. for Absolutely. these championship yep. clubs, and 
Well, that's also probably where you're getting the 25,000 per, because when I was under 25... You're talking about youth league players here who've not quite made the cut. That's a, almost all of them would take that. And you've got your two visa spots, which have to be from Asia or Oceania. Look, Is that the rule? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a, it, yeah, interesting. That is a fantastic sentiment, but absolutely, utterly impractical in my yeah. mind. If you're going to allow visa spots, I should be allowed to come from anywhere. Yeah, I'm fine if they said, all right, two visa spots, one freebie, one... Asia, Oceania, but the squad lists just do not add up in my mind, and the gap between what you'll be getting in the AAFC Championship and the A-League, which hopefully by then will still be going much stronger than it is yeah. now. I'll be really interested to see what sort of clubs put their hand up to be able to, to make that model work, because I don't think there's too many at the moment who could actually financially afford hmm. what the Championship is And there is my last point, yeah. stadiums. They're all calling for boutique stadiums of 3,000 pe- uh, 3, people minimum. Yep. And all of those people, all those clubs, are, how many stadiums are there in the NPL right now that could hold 3,000? I think Brisbane's actually one of the more lucky cities in that regard generally because they've got Perry Park and Ballymore that could house a team in this competition quite well. I think some of the other states might struggle, but for Brisbane at least, there's a couple of options. I suppose so, but look, for me, it... Like and while the old NSL clubs aren't represented on the board as being pointed out by a lot of these mm-hmm. uh, support blind supporters, there are still a lot of the yeah. old guards still in there. That's why I'm interested to see which clubs do come to the fore. Is it just going to be an amalgamation of the big big MPL NSL clubs of the past from Sydney and Melbourne, or is it going to be a more broad national competition? It has to be national. Because if it is just the two two teams in Sydney and Melbourne, basically, then 300,000 probably would work for travel costs, but. Yeah, because if you it's don't a national competition, I don't think so. And then, and that again is another issue you're going to have with it. Where if it is just Sydney and Melbourne, yeah. then how many people are really going to buy into yeah. it? For, for for me, it's just financial yeah. vi- viability. Look, at the end of the day, I just I don't like I said we say we use yeah. we use numbers like two point six five million per yeah. season. I just don't know of any clubs, you know, or I don't know where this revenue stream is going to come from. If it's if it's the AAFC going to fund it, so. Look, I, I, look. There's a, as you said, top on this yeah. topic. There's a lot of puzzles, yeah. but I think yeah. we still need to see a lot of detail yeah. to make us believe that. And this they do is have two years. And I will give them credit. They're at least trying to do something here to launch a second division. I don't think this will be the final model that gets up and running. But <laughs> credits for at least getting getting the conversation uh, started because they've certainly done that. Yeah. Gut feeling. I would not be surprised that if the A League winds up going independent. FFA run the second division, or the A League yeah. actually does it. On their own, like yeah. or winds up very getting involved. Si- very similar to what the English model at the moment. Yeah. Just one last thing as well on this: we're not going to mention the uh, what I found a ridiculous. I think that's the Asian I, spot. I'll tell you what. I'm going to, I know what you're going to say. Come about back that. to that. I'll just okay. say very quickly. They were talking about that on another radio show on Monday. They basically, you don't ask, you don't get. Was the view on that? So asking for it, probably not going to get it. AFC House, no. Yeah, not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But if you don't ask, you don't get. Well, you know what? The next step is they're going to go for one of the Euro. Uh, European uh, continental competitions because hey we're in Europe (laughs) but so I had the point here which I've kind of lost at the moment but it was basically yeah just it's a big gamble like I think with the way football in Australia is at the moment you don't get that second shot if you get this wrong and the other point it's like the A-League back in 2005 they had to get it right and I think it was Matt Windley on the Daily Football Show was actually saying that you know, you take a look at the national appetite for second divisions in rugby, what rugby league. Yeah. Take a look at the NRC, yeah. and while that's going okay, yeah. 
it could be doing a lot better. But the one thing I can't get around on your financial point, Adam, which mm. is just coming back to me now, I don't, I don't buy mm. this. Oh, we're just going to be fine. Don't question it. Approach mm. that I'm hearing from some of the people, which is if the clubs have the money, yeah. they'll put their hands up. Which just to me, well, seems- is, where are they going to get the money from? Because at the moment, they get the money from charging juniors two and three thousand dollars a year to play, and that is not sustainable in the long term. And it's also relying on a lot of volunteer efforts yep. from people yep. around and the And this just think it's more and more professional. Those volunteers would probably you'd assume would start expecting a little bit. Especially back as the time commitment goes up. Yep. Like you take a look at how many. Well, let's just look in our area, like the media offices for all these clubs. Yep. How many of them, are, you know, would be able to sustain a living off what they'd be earning? Exactly. And yeah, I just can't buy the just trust us, the money will come. Realistically, they'd need a broadcast deal that would get them on t- every match on TV. I don't think they get every match, they might get one. But that, yeah, see, for me, yeah. that wouldn't be enough because, again, I well, go... that's where you go with the streaming option. I, well, that could actually wind up being where maybe, you wind up yeah. seeing maybe, this. Maybe, that, maybe that's the, the crystal ball at all, is that you know, something like a those streaming Twitter on or YouTube. Twitter, or YouTube, Amazon Prime's about to, to hit our shores as well. So it already has. has. Yeah, it was here last year for the Grand Tour. That's what they launched it with. Oh, okay. It was... Uh, you should watch the Grand Tour. It's awesome. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, the final news story for this nearly half-hour segment. Not <laughs> <laughs> really. It makes me half-hour. Uh, yeah, I apologize for how long this is going, but there are a lot of stories that we wanted to talk yeah. about. Um, A-League, W-League to trial yellow and red cards this weekend for coaches. Now, it would have been good to see it at the start of the season, but apparently this is something that couldn't be brought in before this time. Yeah. At what minute is Kevin Musket going to get his yellow card? So, this is... um. A good question. Um, he won't be the first, I don't think, because it's the fifth game of the weekend. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm looking forward. No, but he's just <laughs> yeah. an obvious one who's going to get calm. Uh, I think he's been pretty calm this year, actually. He might wait till the second half I to get his. Arnie on Friday night might be a good. Depends show. on if he <laughs> depends on if he's winning especially, or not. Especially if Melbourne City are up. Well, we all know he loves to moan at the ref, assistant referee, yeah. so there's a decent chance he might be the first one. And it does go for assistance as well. So from a Brisbane perspective, <laughs> <laughs> Ross? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, just keep him under control. <laughs> All right. Well, look, it shows passion, but as yeah. we were talking about last year, actually, we were saying like the coaches do need to start showing a bit more respect to referees, yeah. even when they do get things wrong, which they do. It's an interesting concept. I want to see how this one works out. That's right. Okay. I'm going to call this up right now. We're going to take a quick break and come back in second four. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review. If you made it through that last one, thank you very much for still being here. James Scott and Adam, we are going to talk about the... What do we usually do in segment four? That's right. The Raw's game uh, coming up this weekend. That coffee I had before really isn't... It helped you big time, didn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so Raw against Central Coast Mariners, Sunday 4 o'clock at Suncorp Stadium. At one point, this game was a grand final, Sunday, 4 o'clock at Suncorp <laughs> Stadium. Now it's a bottom-of-the-table clash. There you go, Scott, I got you. How fun, isn't it? The W-League top-of-the-table clash and the A-League bottom-of-the-table clash. I'll tell you what, though. This has a, a great double-header. This has the potential to be a really exciting A-League game. Yeah, it does. Like, you've got two sides that have plenty of goals in them, and I think you could see a fair few flying in on Sunday. Adam, what do you think? Look, I think so. I think you know, both teams are already... Uh, Really, there is uh, talking. You know, maybe must win. Like obviously, yeah. the mathematics don't line up exactly to that. But, but look, I think you know three points here for either side is is a must. I think you yeah, know a draw is. will be, I think, disappointing all round. It's certainly a must-win game for the Raw because you got 14 home games this year. They've already had two 
for zero result, and it it was the basis of their assault on the Premier's plate two years ago. Yep. It was ex- exceptional home form, so you can't keep dropping points at home. So that's why, to me, this is an absolute must-win game. All right, I'm totally on board with that. Even like taking anything else yeah. out of it, if you want to have people showing up over December, January, you need to start showing yeah. you can pr- uh, produce something at home. And this is the re- this is the opportunity too, because look, the Mariners we've seen can be quite vulnerable, especially at the back. Yeah, away from home they can be absolutely. And yeah, change to the side. I think. I think what, it'll be the back line we saw. Yeah, after it's the be half an hour on Hinger, Saturday. North Papadopoulos and Ingham. Yeah. What do you reckon about midfield? Do you think they'll go back to Coletti or stick with Oxborough? I would stick with Mitch Oxborough and Matt Mackay because, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, actually, I think that there's just that little bit more defensive solidarity there. And Coletti, you know, great going forward. And he's got a little bit of bite to him, but I feel like Oxborough can give a little bit more of a measured performance. I think think Coletti's role at the moment, I think it would be, you know, cameo off the bench, you know, if we need to get a little bit go forward. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think I think it's proven that you know Mackay and Coletti as a you know screening combination just don't work yeah. together. Agree. Yep. And then I suppose you keep Ben Calfler and Bortiak and Holman as your attacking trio. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys saved themselves last week by yep. the second half performance as well. Well, I think but you, based on the second half performance, you give them another run out again. Now you posted on our Twitter account, Scott. At uh, that's right. How can you get in contact with us? Oh, sorry. Twitter at Raw Review, Facebook Brisbane Football Review, email. BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, about the tweet that we sent out. Yeah, he's saying, like, if Aloysius is true to his word, at this rate, mass changes yeah. are going to be needed. Because that was what he was saying at the coach's call, that if performance would dictate selection. And I think a number of players saved themselves, but their second up performances against Wellington. Yep. I think, uh, yeah, Ben Calfler especially. He certainly did, yeah. Like, he's, brought him, he was like, he's been the subject of quite a lot of criticism. Yep from, an, say, an emotional fan base. Yeah. But, look, I still think dead ball, he's been phenomenal this year, and he's starting to get there with a rolling ball now. Yes. He's uh, getting there. He was really good in the second half. If, that, if he can continue that on Sunday, yeah, be a really good... Oh, yeah, I'd definitely yeah. take... I'd take that. And yeah. The only other question that kind of popped into my mind was Michael Theo. Mm. How stable is his position, do you think, Adam? I... Uh, it's, I think it's still stable, but I think, you know, you can start asking a few questions, you know, it's, um, look, I, as I said, you know, that second goal is a bit of debate on whether, you know, how easy he's getting beaten yeah. from on distance, the near post you know, as well. and near, near post, so, look, I think he's, he's right for yeah. the moment, but, you know, a few more performances like that, and I think, you know, the Jamie Young, you know, falls will be up in arms, yeah, and look, and rightfully so too. Yeah. The Jamie Young fans were up in arms, though, when he didn't start a preseason game. I think they will be playing on Sunday, but... Hmm. I think yeah, it's I, not as certain as it would have been a couple of weeks ago. No, I do think Theo's going through a little bit of a rough patch at yep. the moment. Footwork, I'm not too sure about. That yeah. seems to be what he. Yeah. I know you always see goalies having really quick feet, kind of like some, a tennis player at the net when yeah. he's volleying. They've got the you know pitter patter feet, and I don't know. That's just one thing that's been sort of jumping out to me at the moment. He's still making saves, and his distribution's still very very good, but. 
I feel like his footwork might be letting him down. I think, I think as well, you, you, you sort of get worried when you know, a couple of times when goals are scored, when the, the first reaction, you don't mind when you know, a keeper dives and they've missed and whatnot, but a lot, all too often, and I think it's not just in the last couple of weeks, but I think over the past few seasons, you think the first scene you see is Michael Theo looks like he's stuck on his line. Now that, that's that's not a good look as far as you know as far as I can see it. You know, it's it seems like he was he was beaten before he had a chance to even try and save it. But from a confidence perspective, I suppose thinking about a goalkeeper is like he has been beaten by some just mm, brilliant yeah. strikes, yeah. and you sort of wonder, you maybe start to wonder from a confidence perspective, it's like oh God, they're getting that past me no matter what. Like because what is it, the Absalonson strike to beat yep. Yep. to win the Adelaide game? Was it Roy Krishna, Dimi Petrados? Yep. Um, Even the one on the first... Oh no, the Kamau one on the first weekend of the season from the outside got, the box. Got wrong. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Like You start to think maybe just the tide... You're swimming against the tide yeah. at the moment. And, and, that's why, and that's why I wouldn't write him off because there have uh, been no. some phenomenal strikes. Like it's, not, it's not like he's made some glaring errors like a, a Keegan Smith for, for Wellington or Paul Izzo. Yeah. Or no. Manuel Almunia. <laughs> yeah, he's not. You could there. name a whole bunch of mm. Arsenal keepers if you want to play that game. How long have we got? Actually, no. <laughs> we got to talk about Central Coast, haven't we? We probably should talk about Central Coast, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah Danny De Silva is obviously the danger man here. He's been running right yeah. and caused Melbourne victory quite a few problems. Look, I actually think I think actually the key battleground in this, this game against the Raw, I think, is actually going to be the midfield battle. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Tom Hiarie. Got that right. Close enough. Yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, go with that. With Brahma and and Dane De Silva, that yeah. that three against you know the Raw's you know midfield as such. I think whoever wins that battle wins the game. Yeah. Yep, that's one point. I'm, the other one was their pace up front. Guys like Connor Payne, Asdrubal, Appiah. These guys have got tremendous pace, which could cause trouble to the Raw's backline. And if they start taking their chances. It, be interesting, but and Alan Barrow's gotten off to a good start as well, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how he matches up with Macaroni. Yeah. All right, so we're going to keep moving because it's been a very long show and we just yeah. want to eat dinner now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the other games, uh, Friday, the Sky Blue Derby, Melbourne City versus Sydney FC. City... Out. They're not Sky Blue, they're City Blue. Okay, I've the... had that pointed out to me once before. I'm not okay. The light blue Derby. Uh, yeah. Uh, City versus Sydney, good, top of the table clash. It's a good game this actually because oh, yeah. this this I, might be this might be your early season yeah. definer. I think that you know it's like City's bubble could burst as it did. The when City of Old's played. bubble would burst. That's, yeah. the, that's the point. As it did for City when they yeah. played. Uh, was it Sydney last December? Yeah. Yep. After quite a good yeah. start. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Yeah. They, like I said, if they can if they can overcome this. Mm. I think you know the question that we pose: Are they the real deal? I think that might be a... Oh, they the team to beat, yeah. Yes, yeah. Because it would be testy how far they've come since their FFA Cup game where they and, were and decidedly have, second best against Sydney. And Graham Arnold reckon they're at about 50% at the moment, so that's a scary thought as well. All right, so then Saturday we've got the doubleheader, Newcastle versus Wellington in Newcastle. That'd be a fun game, that. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. Like, no, no Newcastle, just Adam snoring there. Newcastle have yeah. got a lot of goals in them, and I think Wellington are a better... God, it's Derby Day. I don't Wellington will be going. a much better side than what you're it's giving them credit to. Oh, Is 6.50 it? Brisbane time. Are yes. you talking about horse oh, racing or football oh, here? No, no, horse racing derby day. But, oh, yeah, you're right, because there's, uh, there's a game over in the West. Which yeah. is the one that's getting the uh, 1 that, HD That's the slot. 1 HD game. But Shockingly, I'm, Perth have a home game. Uh, this time it's against Adelaide. Yeah. Oh. So Perth get to showcase themselves on the uh, free-to-air stage yep. against Adelaide. And, well, yeah, I'm sure I'll be watching this. 
They need to make their home oh, no, field. No, I won't. I'm at a wedding on Saturday. They do need to make their home field count here, though, Perth Glory, yeah. because they're much better at home than they are away. And no absolute for Adelaide if he doesn't play. This lines up perfectly for them to get three points. Yep. And then uh, the day before Adam's favourite day of the year, yeah. Melbourne Cup Eve. I was going to ask, is Adam going to be watching this game or is he going to be studying the form guide? <laughs> <laughs> you'll, probably, <laughs> you'll probably be able to study the form guide for the yeah. second half anyway because yeah. I think Western Sydney are going to win this one quite convincingly. Yeah, I do okay. Yep. Well, now they've got Gombau in charge, you'd say, so yeah. Yep. Although he won't be in charge for this game, but I'm sure... Isn't he? No, because I'm hoping he's still with the Socceroos, getting them ready for Honduras. Oh, that's right, he's away with that. Which, through. by the way, we will talk about next week. Yes, but we will. Get into that. Yep. And then we're going to go back to Sunday at 4 o'clock and give our predictions for this game. So I'm going to say that Brisbane Raw are going to win this one 3-1. to one. And by the way, if you're just looking at results, I've gotten the last two results right, so... Scott, what's your tip? I'm going to go 2-1. Two, 2? 2 Two raw. Okay. I think they're going to win this week. Copying me, of course. Adam? Uh, you went 3-1, <laughs> mister. Well, I'm in I'm I'm trouble with you guys. I'm going to go raw 4-2. Four, 4-2, two. Four, two, okay. I reckon yes. it's going to be gold plenty. He gets a couple of tips right. He thinks he's <laughs> kingpin over here. I thought I was kingpin long before I got anything right. <laughs> 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 All right, so that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Scott, Adam, thank you. Thank See you. again, James. Good Adam? Answers. All right, and we'll be back next Wednesday if Adam and I have any money left after Melbourne Cup Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> walking here. Yeah, that's... Mm. Uh, still get a bike, maybe. <laughs> All right, so that's going to be it for this edition of Brisbane Football Review. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week.